you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. NFL Total Access is a production of the NFL in partnership with iHeartRadio. This is NFL Total Access, the podcast. That is the voice of today's special guest, who is a New Yorker. Just returned from a trip to New York not more than a week or so ago. But this is a New Yorker who very rarely relies on the histrionic affectations and parodied accents often associated with New Yorkers. He's not that obvious. When I met this man, I would have guessed Stanford grad. Not so. Yeah, right. Fordham Rams claim this oh, man. Yeah. So gladly do we here at NFL Media. We kind of have to. He's the host of NFL Total Access, the broadcast. He's the sweet potato kid. He's Mike Yam. Welcome back, buddy. Uh, ready to roll. Look, there's a, there's a lot to smile in in New York. If uh, A lot of reasons. A lot of football reasons to smile if that is the case. Especially for all the Fordham grads out there. Just happy they got a pop. You know, we're going to talk about football in New York, which is a very exciting thing. In fact, we're going to talk about Jets, Bills, and your Giants here momentarily. I am your host, NFL Network senior writer Andrew Levy, and on today's show, football, Michael, is back. All 32 teams have reported for training camps, each in some degree of rollout, whether they're already on the field drilling or not. First things first, for me, the image of DeMar Hamlin entering the field to rapturous applause, and I should think no small degree of emotion, too, from a few in attendance, was incredible. Mike, if I hadn't seen it with my own eyes, I'd have been hard-pressed to believe the kid is back. It's unbelievable. And people use that phrase all the time. This really is. It actually is when you think about what we witnessed here, the ESPN award show, the, what are they? The ESPYs. The ESPYs. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And DeMar comes out and he gets emotional. I and I mean, w- we've been really treated with moments like that. NFL honors. Like, you have these big moments. And to see him, like, not for nothing, man. Like, it doesn't matter what he does. I see him walking, talking, breathing. Like, that's a win. Like, I, I, I love it. I love it. Gracie wanted the LeBron news, so she had sort of half an ear on the ESPYs when it was on. But then we were both bubbling over during the DeMar Hamlin, the unexpected DeMar Hamlin moment. It was really incredible. While we're in upstate New York, while we've got that in our minds, Yammer, quick word on a relationship being watched as closely as we've been watching Tyreek and Ella on Love Island, UK. Anyone? (laughs) Anyone? No? Uh, no, no, it's, uh, on, Will it's, it's Josh, on in the background at, at home. <laughs> Will Josh Allen and Stefan Diggs recouple given the chance? Are you and Josh good? Yeah, yeah, that's my guy. Like, that's why I say when his family matters, like, me and him have a conversation. Like, I don't know if you got kids or you have, like, siblings. Like, y'all don't always get along. And me and him never did not get along. Like, you know what I'm saying? That's still been, that's still been my guy. That's always going to be my guy. So, uh, yeah, we're fine, bro. Mike Yam, the disappointing and disagreeable manner in which the Bills season ended, that 27-10 loss to the Bengals in the snow, stands out in our memories. Diggs, arms outstretched, snow falling, hopes falling too, pissed off at Josh Allen about how he was being used or maybe not used. Stephon Diggs. Signaling what's going on? He's waving his arms in frustration toward quarterback Josh Allen. Like, like, what's up? You didn't get me the ball enough? It's kind of what it looks like. Yeah, it looks like he's being a little selfish right there. Are you worried 
about bills, bonds breaking at a time when their window to win it all may be closing fast. So I've been given this a lot of thought because I knew that this was going to be a major storyline and it will be over the next couple of weeks and quite frankly, probably the next few months. I am not overly concerned. You're not. No, I, and I'll give you a couple of reasons why. One, do you think the Buffalo Bills are a good football team? I really do. I think they're amongst the two or three best rosters in the NFL and among the two most balanced teams in the NFL, the other being the Eagles. I'm with you. And I think, to me, that is the number one reason why I'm not concerned. We've heard this old adage, hey, winning cures all the evils. I actually think that that's going to play out this way. Like, I feel really confident that the Buffalo Bills are one of the best teams out there. Now, do I think it's a storyline earlier in the season? Yeah, because I think we still want some clarity. I think they start rattling off wins. Stephon Diggs comes on NFL Total Access. Josh Allen comes on NFL Total Access. We can ask him those questions like we did Diggs when they were losing. Yeah. And they had some rough games earlier in the year. Diggs said everything that you wanted your star wide receiver to say when he came on our show. And to me, I think they're going to be able to navigate this on the front end. I think they're going to pile up wins, and then it becomes really quiet. I think where it becomes a real story again is if they're a team that doesn't win an AFC championship game. They're a team that doesn't get to a Super Bowl. And we have one of those moments where Diggs is like, yo, what's up? And then it becomes – it's rinse and repeat, and we're, we're talking about this again in the offseason. Maybe that's the the – optimist in me thinking that it's not a major storyline i think it's a question it needs to be asked and i think it will be addressed and i think it will be a theme in the preseason and probably even quite frankly those first few weeks of the season but josh allen puts up a you know back-to-back 300 yard passing games Diggs got you know nine ten catches for over 100 yards those first two three weeks of the season it's over more pressure on stefan Diggs for his weakness for making the moment about him with emotion or Josh Allen for making too many mistakes and turning the ball over? Wow, that's a great question, Drew. Uh, I would say, you know, I don't want to straddle the fence and say a little bit of both, even though I think it's a little bit they of both. They both have responsibilities but with those yeah, to I, address and to and to kind of erase. But I, I think it's more on Josh Allen because of the turnovers, and it has less to do about Who's got to take blame? I mean, I, I think we live in a society now where it's like, all right, someone's at fault. Like, yeah, the reality is... going to have a finger pointed their way. You know, we had uh, we did TA the other day. Brian Baldinger was our analyst. And the question was, what's been the reason why the Dallas Cowboys haven't been able to get over the hump and make a deep run in the postseason? And quite frankly, I was surprised with his answer. You were? He goes, Dak Prescott. Yeah. And I'm like, whoa, okay. And I think his point was, hey, there's turnovers and... When you're the quarterback, you get all the love. Yeah. You get the $262 million, $262.5 million yeah. dollar don't, don't, Justin don't Herbert deal. Him. Thanks, no, Justin I'll, Herbert. I'll take the point five. You know what I'm saying? But <laughs> to me, and, he, and he's right, Baldy's like, look, the pressure's on these guys to execute. And I think Josh Allen has basically said that. So I'll say there's probably more pressure on Josh Allen, but it, it it's the pressure not to make the relationship work. It's the pressure to to make sure that this team wins and, and has a substantial run in the postseason. Translation, is Mikey M. worried about the relationship between Stephon Diggs and Josh Allen? Absolutely not. You go into your shower feeling tired but as soon as you reach for the irish spring your day immediately gets better that crisp fresh unmistakable irish spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses so when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it irish spring body wash and bar soap fresh green irish shop now at a store near you Hey guys, this is Matt Jones, Drew Franklin from the Fade This Podcast. We got a great episode coming up, picks in all the sports, football, basketball, we do them all, but here's a preview of this week's episode. Do you think it's more embarrassing to dye your hair or to have hair plugs? I don't think either are embarrassing if you're not trying to conceal it and act like you didn't. Okay, so you think if you just come out and go, I got hair plugs... Yeah, like check out these hair. Pl- I mean, don't just walk around. Hey, tapping. Hey, hey, stranger. I don't want you thinking this is natural. You know, but I mean, <laughs> do you, you know do that with everyone you meet? Try to act like they. You know what I mean? Yeah, but I mean, like, like John Cena got it. You know, when John Cena came back to wrestling, he had a bald spot, and now he doesn't. 
Mm-hmm. You think he should be required in all interviews to say, look, by the way, I covered up my bald spot? Yeah, I guess it's weird. I mean, you don't wear a sign or like put a sign in your yard. But All right, so what about toupees? Those are the most obvious. I but let's like. say you're like Bill Self and you can get it to where it looks good. His is magical. I don't even know if his is a toupee. It is. I think he went into the future and had a procedure we haven't even discovered yet. And this episode was brought to you in partnership with DraftKings. To hear more, listen and subscribe to Fade This on iHeartRadio or wherever you listen to podcasts. This is Colin Coward from The Herd with Colin Cowherd. Angie's list is now Angie, the nation's largest home service marketplace. They're here to help homeowners get all their jobs done well. Angie has helped over 150 million homeowners care for their homes. Whatever your home project, big, small, indoor, outdoor, come to Angie to connect with and hire skilled pros to get the job done well. Listen, I've got a couple of things in a bathroom in my house. Gotta get it fixed. I don't have time, and I'm not good at it. Angie is. In just a few taps in the Angie app or clicks on the site. You can have Angie tackle your home service project start to finish. With over 200,000 pros in their network, Angie makes it easy to research, compare, and hire pros to ensure a job done well. With 29 years of experience combined with new digital tools to simplify the process, Angie makes completing home projects really easy. Renters, you can use Angie too for moving, installations, or cleaning. Angie can even help with extremely specific projects. Just tell them what you need, and Angie will find the right solution for you. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I.com, or download the app today. This is NFL Total Access, the podcast. Andrew Levy with Mike M. And on the way, we'll get a report from Jane Slater and Ian Rappaport from Cowboys Camp. Up the road from us here in L.A., up in Oxnard, California. We will hear from Sean Payton at Broncos Camp addressing those comments he made regarding his predecessors in the Denver coaching ranks. Payton spared no one's feelings when he opened his mouth the first time around, saying that what Nathaniel Hackett's staff did in 2022 was, quote, One of the worst coaching jobs in the history of the NFL. Strong. Was he wrong? Did he retract his criticism or did he double down? Can't wait for the answer to that. And we will hear from a trio of Mikes on what they make of all this. Mike Robb, Mike Garofolo, and the man in the chair, Mike Yam. We'll also check in on the new look Ravens. Same quarterback, of course, Lamar Jackson. But new OC, Todd Munkin. So the assumption is that things will be different. And by the way, Michael, I want to address this when we get around to talking about the Ravens. I've got a bone to pick with anyone who keeps insisting that Lamar could return to MVP form. Oh, Let's be clear about the semantics. I don't have an issue with anybody who says that he could return to MVP form. I have an issue with anybody who assumes that he needs to and that he should. Because the fact is it didn't work for the Ravens the first time. MVP form maybe shouldn't be the goal in Baltimore. I'll maybe make that point later. Sherry Burris will check in from Owings Mills. And we'll hear from Aaron Rodgers, who is ready to rock a new contract, apparently, and a new look in order to fit in with the Young Bucks on gangrene, I should think. But first, Danny Dimes, uh, a penny for your thoughts. The mic is yours. I think there's always expectations and there's always, uh, you know, there's responsibility playing playing any position and and certainly playing quarterback to uh, put the team in a position to win games. And, and, uh, you know, that's always been my, uh, the way I've approached it. You know, I've always put pressure on myself to perform and I have high expectations of myself so um, I expect others to, to have that also. Okay, Mike Yam, uh, Crash Davis would be excited about that quote. Nobody else. That's a Bull Durham <laughs> reference, by the way. Always give boring sound bites. That's precisely what Daniel Jones just did. He didn't say much, didn't reveal anything. He is aware of the expectations, and he embraces them, and blah, and blah. Look, stupid questions get boring answers, so let's not punish the kid for it. Question one to you, Mike Yam. Level of relief, scale of one to ten on the return of Saquon Barkley. 22. <laughs> Are you kidding me? Like that, I saw that come across the timeline and into my inbox, and I I thought to myself, here we go. Handoff for Barkley, runs out of an arm tackle, inside the 20, Barkley cuts left to the 15, he's to the 10, he's to the 5, touchdown Giants! I was very concerned about what the future for Saquon Barkley in New York was going to look like um, because of the timeline, it wasn't going to be a multi-year deal. 
he gets a little bit of a bump. I don't want to harp on this. The world is not fair, and I get that. There is a criminal nature in my mind to how running backs in the NFL are being compensated. I'm sorry. I am a big believer in, yo, everyone get as much as you can, and that's awesome, and I'm pulling for you. When I see Justin Herbert, and I'm glad he got the deal, and he should get the deal because this is kind of how it goes, right? Like if you're one of the elite guys, as time goes on, the deals get bigger. Dude just got $262.5 million. I get it. Is Justin Herbert more important to the Chargers' success than Saquon to the Giants? Yeah. Uh, Saquon Barkley, though, they're, they're not making, and I'm not saying that he's got to get a $200 million. I'm not suggesting that. All I'm saying is that when Christian McCaffrey's outside the top 100 in terms of average per year salary, that's a problem to me. So I'll, I'll get off the, the soapbox here and just say, from a Giants fan's perspective, this is amazing news. Ian Rappaport said that there is a clear love of football that Saquon Barkley has because he didn't have to agree to this right now and then make it to camp. Dude loves football, wants to be out there. He's getting a slight bump, and I it's concerning to me that this is a prove-it contract yet again for Saquon Barkley because there's no clause that says that he can't get tagged next season and we're going to run this back. Can I infer from that that we are talking about a young man whose love of the game, his eagerness not to be a problem child— and his devotion to his comrades in arms, his teammates, was probably taken advantage of. Yeah. Can we also infer from what we understand from the contract? So the franchise tag, the non-exclusive franchise tag, the tender that he did in fact end up signing, 10.095, so just under $10.1 million a year. Now his bonus structure, as we understand it, is entirely incentive-based can pay him up to an additional 900000 but requires him, Mike Yam, to exceed the numbers, the, ex the rather extraordinary numbers that he put out on the field this past campaign, which was what? Just south of 1,400 yards, 57 receptions, uh, nine touchdowns, maybe 10 touchdowns. This is, he's going to have to exceed those numbers in order for this little bump, as you called it, to pay off. It seems almost insulting. Yes, small I in quotes, but a little bit of an insult. It is. I'm actually looking at his numbers from last season. He was in the top five of running backs and carries. 295 carries for him. That's a it's lot a of wear and tear, bro. man. Uh, 1,300 yards on the ground, over 1,600 yards, scrimmage yards. And you were right, the 10 touchdowns for him. Ladanian Tomlinson had said, hey, I actually think he's going to be more explosive this year. Those are unbelievable numbers. Yeah. Try to top that? He is going to have to try to top that. In order for this renegotiated you know, deal to pay off, he's going to have to. Question number no. two, level of hope, scale of 1 to 10, for a return to the playoffs for your Giants. Are they destined for a dip? Are they due for a decline? I'll stop with the alliteration, but is this a team who couldn't possibly live up to the expectations that such a, an unexpected campaign in 2022 have created? You're good, man. The alliteration just rolls off your tongue. I don't know how you do it. It's a bit of a crutch. As a Giants fan, I've actually given this a lot of thought because it was it was gravy last year. I mean, not only to get to the postseason, yes. but to win a game yeah. on the road against Minnesota. Win a game. That that like that's not supposed to happen. I think the roster is better this year. Okay, so your your level of hope scale of one to ten is your level of relief for the return of Saquon was twenty two. Yeah. And by the way, I think that's a, maybe a thinly veiled reference to the jersey number of Derrick Henry. So important <laughs> to the Giants franchise. Do you see Saquon Barkley? He has Derrick Henry like status in your mind level of hope scale of one to ten for a return to the playoffs for the giants what say you mike yam uh seven and a half seven and a half yeah the report from giants camp on giants.com reveals that your guys spent day one exclusively in the red zone uh, during 11 on 11 and 7 on 7 drills that led to a barrage of touchdowns of course the first of which did you see it was a connection from Daniel Jones to Saquon on the sideline of the end zone toe drag swag bro I mean a really impressive athletic play Jones afterwards said quote it was a great play he made there on the sideline he has the ability to do those things and make plays in the passing game obviously as a runner but also in the pass game he makes a difference when he's out there he makes a difference with his play and then how it feels and his leadership his communication and bringing guys along great to have him out there all of our concerns about how the running back in the nfl is being perceived and maybe more to the point how the running back in the nfl is being paid yeah. all of that aside 
you're a hopeful person. Seven and a half on the hope scale for returns in the playoffs. playoffs. 22 on the scale in terms of relief to have Saquon back. Last word goes to you. I wouldn't be surprised if my 2023 New York Giants did what? Get back to the postseason and win another postseason game. And I'd also be, I wouldn't be shocked. Look, I give it a seven and a half. I wouldn't be surprised if they don't get there. I wish they weren't in the NFC East. That is a gauntlet. You're a Commanders fan. You know this. I mean, this is not easy. The Eagles are still the class of the NFC. Um, no disrespect to the Niners, but I think, you know, they got to the Super Bowl. You got to give them their flowers. Dallas Cowboys. Should I be buying on the Cowboys, or do we just spend too much time talking about them that it's clouded my perception of what they actually are? I tell you what, Nolan Cooper, give me a transition sound here because we're about to go up to Oxnard to talk about who? The Cowboys. This is NFL Total Access, the podcast. Andrew Levy with Mikey M. And next up, this report from Jane Slater and Ian Rappaport up in Oxnard, California at Dallas Cowboys training camp. Well, significantly cooler in Oxnard than what we were experiencing in the DFW area. And it was Mike McCarthy who talked about what he loves about camp, even though you only get 12 practices, 10 of them padded, is the fact this is an opportunity to really have pure football. Be around these guys, see what they've got. And the biggest thing they've got to do right now, Ian, is they're installing what is a new offense and yeah. doing so without a lot of key players, namely Ezekiel Elliott. Yeah, it does feel weird, honestly, to come out here to the practice fields and not see Zeke, who, of course, has been one of the cornerstones of this offense uh, for almost a decade now, still a free agent, still waiting on where he is going to land. But this offense has shifted a little bit, a little more explosive maybe this year. you got Tony Pollard, who gets to try his hand as a true number one feature back this year. Obviously, that is different. You added Brandon Cooks, one of the more explosive receivers in the NFL, could do a lot of things, but certainly could take it the distance at any moment. It should look different. Last year could strike at any moment in the fact that Mike McCarthy has come back into his own as a play caller, much more of his own offense uh, should impact things as well, Jane. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how that all shakes up. We'll also be keeping an eye on a couple of injuries. Today we saw Donovan Wilson at the first day of practice, uh, the safety. He was carted off the field. He's dealing with a right calf strain. Uh, so we'll see the severity of that. And then Israel Mukwamo, uh, the safety, he also is dealing with a little bit of a hamstring situation. So we'll see where that's heading as well. That's it from the first day of camp. Okay, Mike M, you asked for it. Here it comes. Let's talk about those Dallas Cowboys. They have not advanced past the divisional round since, I believe, 1995. In my estimation, that's something in the neighborhood of 27, 28 years. A long time, over a quarter yeah. century. It's easy for those of us who are Dallas detractors, like myself, a Commanders fan, and like yourself, a Giants fan, to kind of harp on you know, stats like that, you can look at my commanders and say that they have the longest drought in the NFL of teams not to win 11 or more games. There's always a stat that can reveal, you know, how, how much you struggle as a franchise for everybody. And that includes the Patriots. That includes the Chiefs, too. I'm sure if we were asked to find one, we could find one. But let's talk about Dallas. This is the annual preseason capital of hype and hope. Are you buying it this year? I guess my question to you is this. Dallas does or Dallas doesn't? Which is it and why? Dallas is making the playoffs. So Dallas does. Yeah, they'll, they'll make the playoffs. I'm a, I'm a huge Brandon Cooks fan, so like there's there's that aspect of it. How much think, of a difference does he make? Does huge. he take pressure off of CD? Does he take pressure off of Dak? Is it taking pressure off of Tony Pollard from carrying an unsort of wise burden in the backfield? What What is it? All of, the, All above, of the above, and I throw another one in there. Pressure off Mike McCarthy yes, to have sir. another offensive weapon yes, like sir. that to be able to, to lean on. They're very a healthy few, Michael Gallup being back. 100%. I mean, think about that. Like, how many guys in the league can you go and say, I'm going to slot this dude in for 1,000 yards receiving, I don't know, 80, 90 catches? Like, that's kind of what Brendan's production is. He's reliable. There's something to be said for consistently elevated performances and the the effect it has on other guys. So, I, I'm, I, yeah, I think they make the playoffs. Okay, that seems to be a common assumption it's one that i share so yes we believe that the dallas cowboys will make the playoffs but let's think about that listener let's extrapolate what does that actually mean it means probably very likely something like what we saw last year 
I think most of us would agree the Philadelphia Eagles, Mike, you said it before, they are the class of the NFC. That makes them certainly the class of the NFC East. We have every expectation that they will probably win that division. And in doing so, they will get either a one, a two, a three, or a four seed. That means that the Dallas Cowboys, if they do make the playoffs, as you're saying they likely will, will be a five, six, or seven seed. That means they're playing on the road. And let's say they bump up against last year's foe and the year before's foe, the San Francisco 49ers, one of the best, if not the best defenses in the NFL. No matter who they have at quarterback, they seem to be effective as long as they have a quarterback healthy and ready to go. Too soon? Maybe. Maybe too soon. Do they advance? That's the question because I think we can all agree they're good enough to make the playoffs. Look who they have on defense. Look at Trevon Diggs and Micah yeah. Parsons. Stafford back. Pressure. Good night, nurse. Parsons. Ball is out. Parsons' second sack of the day. Who's got the football? The Dallas Cowboys. They are good. That's a, this is a good football team. Make no mistake about it. The question is, are they good enough to go on a playoff run, not just make the playoffs? This is a conversation. I was having this conversation with a buddy of mine the other day. AFC versus the NFC. Like, there's a couple elite teams on the NFC AFC side. side. Oh, on the AFC, AFC side. side. I think there's like one or two on the NFC yeah, side. Sorry, I was holding you to a couple because I believe that how many how many are on the AFC side? You could rattle off what? Uh, well, Chiefs, Chiefs, Cincinnati. Bengals, I'll throw Bills. Buffalo into the mix. I'll give you those three right there. Okay. Now, in terms of other divisions, uh, Jags won their division. We expect them to win it again, but maybe not elite. No, okay. I wouldn't put them elite. But uh, like, but Chargers, really if they live up to the a good, roster, a good team, uh, good, but maybe not elite. Yeah. If the Jets play at their best, they were a quarterback away. They have their quarterback. Good Could team. they also be good, but not yeah. elite? Miami. Miami. Same deal. Good, but not elite. Okay, yeah. so you've got three in the AFC. Bills, Bengals, Chiefs. I wouldn't push back, certainly, on any of those. Certainly not the Chiefs or the Bengals. In the NFC, you're looking at Eagles and maybe Niners, Niners if they figure yeah. out their quarterback, quarterback situation. Yeah, because, like, I'll say this. Is there a – maybe you disagree with me. I don't know if right now there's a huge difference. Maybe this is a leap. Between Seattle and Dallas. Like, I think those are two really good football That's teams. That's a very interesting point. You know, like, I, I don't look at... I'm sorry. Dallas fans are like, dude, screw you. You're a Giants fan. And I get it. But, like, I'd say the same thing for the G-Men. Like, the Giants, the, the Cowboys, Seattle. I kind of put them in the same bucket. Like, yeah, like, maybe I think we're... we're there's we're pulling at hairs here and, and just picking apart like some minor differences and maybe I would put Dallas in front of those teams but it's not by a huge margin I I don't see it that way okay so if you're the Dallas Cowboys and if we concede that the Eagles will likely win the division thereby getting the home game that means that we're a wild card road playoff team you better hope you avoid the Niners and you hope that you play a team like the Lions or the Vikings, whoever comes out of that sure. NFC North. You hope maybe you get a date with the Saints, and yet that's a very difficult place to play. But I think if, you, if you're facing the Saints in the first round of the playoffs, in the wild card round, if you're facing, say, the Lions, if they are as good as we hope they are and say they are and think they are, that's, those are games they can win. I'm looking at it here. There's, there's no question, but I think that speaks to the parity that's that we're we're seeing here and i i know people will say well look mike you, you said there's two elite teams in the nfc and there's three in the afc yeah i agree but i do think that second tier in is the deep, afc in the afc is so deeper, deeper and and stronger than yep. the second jets tier in the and NFC. jags and chargers and who am i missing jets jags chargers ravens ravens oh right my God, i ravens. throw them into the mix i look i think d hop changes the complexion and of Tennessee. As well. Like, I'm not ready to write those yeah, dudes off right now. Anybody who thinks that the Jags are a shoo-in to win that AFC South hasn't looked at, hasn't reminded themselves of Rabel and that Titans defense, and then realized that with a returning and healthy Ryan Tannehill, given a weapon like D-Hop, that's a very, very difficult out. That is a, uh, that is a, that is a team with a playoff scheme that can travel. You brought this up in one of our, our production meetings the other day, and it's probably not for this podcast, so I'll, I'll just say it here, and you can use it as a tease for another one. But we were going back and forth. Steve Weich had said he thought the AFC North was the best division um, in football. And I, I in my mind, I'm like, oh, I don't know, man. Like That AFC East, it looks pretty damn good to me. Yeah. And I think you can make an argument of, of which one's better. But you were talking about the playoff matchups and the significance of not the division winners, but – 
really who's finishing second and like yeah. what that actually means in the playoff picture like the matchups are are like good luck like you that's get not past, fun you get past division winners and whoever you believe is going to win the four afc divisions okay kind of slot those away in your mind they're 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 the first four playoff teams you got three left yeah. you've got six or seven very good teams fighting for three playoff spots and there's always the wild card the person that we didn't expect the annual worst to first with that in play who in the blank knows what is going to happen in the AFC? Certainly easier to predict. In the NFC, this began as a Dallas Cowboys discussion. <laughs> Mike Yam says the Dallas it. Cowboys will make the playoffs, but we are sitting here both, as you may be at home, listeners, scratching our heads about what do they do with that playoff berth. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. This is Colin Coward from The Herd with Colin Cowherd. Angie's List is now Angie, the nation's largest home service marketplace. They're here to help homeowners get all their jobs done well. Angie has helped over 150 million homeowners care for their homes. Whatever your home project, big, small, indoor, outdoor, come to Angie to connect with and hire skilled pros to get the job done well. Listen, I've got a couple of things in a bathroom in my house. Gotta get it fixed. I don't have time, and I'm not good at it. Angie is. With just a few taps on the app, you can have Angie tackle your home service project start to finish. With over 200,000 pros in their network, Angie makes it easy to research, compare, and hire pros to ensure a job done well. With 29 years of experience combined with new digital tools to simplify the process, Angie makes completing home projects really easy. It's your one-stop shop. Angie can help you find the best price for your project by comparing quotes from multiple pros in just a few taps or book services at an upfront price based on local data. They get the difficulties that can come with home projects. They get it. Why not make it as simple as possible? Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I.com or download the app today. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. This is NFL Total Access, the podcast. I'm your host, Andrew Levy. With me today, Mike Yam. And the next topic, it's not the altitude, it's the attitude. How the thin air of Mile High may have had a, oh, I don't know, sodium pentothal-esque effect on Broncos head coach Sean Payton, who went chest out, thumbs down on the 2022 Broncos, telling the USA Today, quote, there's 20 dirty hands for what was allowed tolerated in the fricking training rooms, the meeting rooms. I don't know Hackett. A lot of people had dirt on their hands. It wasn't just Russell. He didn't just flip. He still has it. This BS that he hit a wall, shoot, they couldn't get a play in. They were 29th in the league in pre-snap penalties on both sides of the ball, end quote. Whew. Now, that's pretty harsh language. Maybe not the most diplomatic move on his part, but come on, Sean Payton isn't a guy who has been defined by editing himself on anyone's behalf. And more to the point, was Sean Payton wrong? And look, maybe he's just doing a little parenting, protecting his proverbial kid here. That kid, of course, being Russell. Maybe this is his goodwill hunting scene where he's removing culpability from the abused Matt Damon. It's not your fault. It's not your fault. Look, here's what we do know. Wilson, a nine-time Pro Bowler and Super Bowl champion, had a career-worst season in his very first year in Denver, finishing with 16 touchdowns, 11 picks, and only, what, just north of 3,500 yards passing. And on the subject of parenting, Sean Payton said this about that. 
quote. That was the parents who allowed it to happen, he said. That's not an incrimination on Russell, but an incrimination on the head coach, the GM, the president, and everybody else who was watching it all happen, end quote. Okay, so that, as you can imagine, landed pretty hard harder on some than others, like Jets head coach Robert Sala, whose offensive coordinator is none other than Nathaniel Hackett. Now, Sala snapped into a little protective parenting mode of his own. Sala said that Peyton can say, quote, whatever the hell he wants. I kind of live by a saying, Sala said, if you ain't got no haters, you ain't popping, so hate away. Sala went on to say, quote, obviously we're doing something right if you've got to talk about us when we don't play you until week four, and I'm good with it. The guys in the locker room, they've earned everything that's coming to them and really excited about what's going on. Okay, two things. One, Sala was off by a week. The Jets play the Broncos in Denver in week five, not week four. Circle that date for sure. And two, this is kind of awesome. Some preseason jabs, people feeling themselves. Peyton all puffed up with righteousness and pride and protection. Salah beefing back with big, handsome, bald man derision. I love it. I'm here for it. And look, the last thing we need here is for Sean Payton to try and put the toothpaste back in the tube. Oh, shit. Really? I had one of those moments where I still had my Fox hat on and and not my coaching hat on. And, uh, you know, I said this to the team in the meeting yesterday. We've had a great offseason relative to that. You know, and I've been preaching that message. And here I am, the veteran, um, you know, stepping in it. And, uh, you know, it was, it was a learning experience for me. It was a mistake, obviously. I needed a little bit more filter. Um, you know, there's a pound of flesh for these guys. And, and as a coach, you stick up for them. And after a while, you know, we're past that season last year. And, and you know, I said what I said. And, and obviously, I needed it a little bit more uh, restraint. And uh, I regret that. Um, that being said, what I told the team is, you know, if it can happen, and I, I'm th- I think I'm pretty good relative to working with the media and, and pretty savvy. And I just had one of those moments. Jared's a good friend, uh, real good at his job, and uh, two lattes in the morning, first first one I see, and 40 minutes later, I'm, I'm regretting it, so uh, it is what it is. Okay, so that was Sean Payton's mea culpa. You know what? Probably a good decision, probably wise, but notably absent from that was the phrase, I didn't really mean it the way it came out. Oh, he meant it. It is what it is, he said. That... Not a take back. So tell you what, let's kick it over to Michael's Yam, Robinson, and Garofolo. Three mics on the mic for some reaction to everything that went down today. All right, I'm Rob. Yesterday on the show, MJD was with us. He said, what's the problem with people telling the truth? Okay, apology or not, there's some juice now in that week five matchup when these two teams go against each other. How do you assess how all of this has played out? Well, first of all, I didn't know if that was Sean Payton or Pat Sertain Jr., all that backpedaling Sean Payton was doing right there. Man, come on, Sean. Stay with it, man. All you did was tell the truth. And uh, I got to toot my own horn a little bit. Toot toot, you know what I'm saying? Because I've been saying that for the last few months. This offense in Denver was not like that last year. It was actually um, not competent is the words I've I've been actually using over the last uh, couple of months. They didn't have answers to what defenses were doing, and it just looked elementary, right? It made Russell Wilson look like uh, he was just a shell of what we've seen in the previous nine or ten years in his career. And then what happens? The guy who was the orchestrator of that offense, you know what the NFL does? They give him another job calling plays with the New York Jets. Aaron Rodgers got his boy there, and now we're looking at the Jets like they're going to have this big-time offensive juggernaut because of the play calling of Nathaniel Hackett. I just don't get that line of thinking. Now, yes, Aaron Rodgers is the guy and all of that, so I understand the, the, the positivity around the Jets, but Sean Payton, all he did was tell the truth. What the hell is wrong with that, Jeezy? I don't know what's wrong with a head coach telling the truth. Oh, yeah, on top of that, going to bat for his quarterback because, yeah, there's a lot of people out there I'm not saying no names, but there was a lot of people out there putting this all on Russell. I put it a little bit on Russell, but not all on Russell. Come on, Sean Payton. Don't backpedal. You good, bro. There's a Seinfeld episode about telling the truth. You should go check it out. It leads to a ripple effect. You you never really should tell the truth. 
in certain cases is basically what the gist of the episode right. is. And this is one of them. I mean, I, I, we still have some people out there who think that this was all by design. And even though Sean Payton said he regretted it and apologized it and sort of walked it back a little bit, uh, that he still wanted the spotlight on him rather than Russell Wilson and basically trying to set the tone for uh, the start of his regime in Denver. I don't buy that. I think he made a mistake. He's been out of uh, practice as a head coach for a year, and I think he got himself to talking to Jarrett Bell and just started rolling and just didn't stop. And he said he regretted it 40 minutes later. Uh, realizing what he had said to Bell, uh, and credit to both of those guys. It didn't sound like minutes. Peyton called him back and said, hey, don't run uh, any of that stuff. And, and Jared, being a respected journalist, certainly wouldn't have said, yeah, sure, I'll just hold all that stuff back like it never happened. No, once you give the interview, you run with it. You go with it. So, look, the Jets wanted to beat the Broncos in Week 5 anyway. Now they want to beat them a little bit more. It's still going to... Uh, the outcome of that game still be determined by what happens between the lines, but the Jets will be a little bit more motivated for that game. For 40 sure. minutes? It took them 40 minutes, Jeezy. 40? <laughs> it took them a whole 40 minutes to think about that comment. When it was coming out of his mouth, he knew what he was saying. Come on, Jeezy. No, Get I'm, out of here with that. I'm with you. Look, I, I don't do any of the assignments here at NFL Network, but I can assure you James Palmer is smiling because he doesn't have to travel in week number five. He gets to get that upfront. Uh, seat on that handshake between Robert Sala. We'll see what Nathaniel Hackett is going to be on the football field. Going to be a lot of fun. There's no question. Very, very interesting. Okay, Mikey, I'm you're in two places at once. Such is the beauty of timing and pre-recording. You're out on the TA set, and you're here in the TA podcast studio with me. Let's get some final thoughts from you on this. Let's say everything goes perfectly. What does that look like? Is it Russell cooking? Is it cooking less? Running more, not him, but Javonta Williams. Is it the defense carrying this team like that no. last Peyton Manning-led Super Bowl champion Broncos team? What does it look like if everything goes well? Number one, the Broncos defense is legit. We saw that they are. at, at uh, numerous times throughout the course of the season. I do have a, a high level of faith in what they are able to produce. I think Russ has got the potential to cook. And while Sean Payton is absolutely the first factor that I would mention, I don't think far behind is a Broncos front office that was willing to spend and invest in what was one of the worst units that we saw in the NFL last year. And that's that offensive line. Um, you know, I was actually going through some of the numbers here. Wilson sacked 55 times, most tied for the most in the NFL, had the fifth slowest average time to throw, 2.98 seconds. Wow. We spend so much time, Drew, I said this to you before we started recording, spend so much time talking about why offensive lines are important. And maybe we don't spend enough. I think football fans understand and it's almost like a throwaway line oh yeah dudes in the trenches the mushroom men like let them handle business and we get in theory how significant it is right but when it's not good this is what you get and for all the critics who are sitting there going hey russell wasn't good and i, I hate to sound like i'm a russell wilson apologist i'm not I'm just telling you what i see and that's this idea that i don't know how many quarterbacks could have thrived in in a situation where they're running for their life now you could play devil's advocate and say, hey, Yammer, a couple of years ago, that Joe Burrow guy's pretty good, and, and he got his butt kicked. And, and it'd be hard for me to argue that. My only response to that is Joe Burrow, in my mind, is probably the second-best quarterback in the league behind Patrick Mahomes. Like yeah. He is like truly elite. I don't see Russell Wilson in that same light. So I'm saying for most quarterbacks, even the better guys in the NFL, it's hard to overcome that. So I think a combination of Peyton – uh, now being just the head coach of that team and his influence on the offense and an upgrade at, at the offensive line, to me, that's a recipe for success. Translation, Mikey Ann believes that we may have overstated how bad Russell Wilson was last year. He thinks we need to look at it a little bit more contextually, and I think he's probably onto something. The second translation is he believes we may be understating just how dangerous a Sean Payton-led team will be with a defense that good and with Russell potentially playing his best again. Look out for the Broncos. Yes, you too, Kansas City Chiefs. This is NFL Total Access, the podcast, Andrew Levy with Mike Yam. And the next topic is the new look Ravens. Now, we keep saying new look Ravens, Mike Yam, because we expect to see a slightly different approach for this Ravens offense. The expectation with new OC Todd Munkin in the house is that they're going to rely a little bit more on Lamar's arm, less on his legs. 
One of those reasons is certainly financial. They just made a huge investment in Lamar Jackson, and maybe they're a little bit gun-shy, a little bit nervous about having him run as much as he has run. They need to protect that investment. But secondly, they are set to go into the new campaign with five first-round wide receivers on their team, which would be the first time, I believe, in NFL history that that's ever been done. So why not take that out for a ride? Do you expect a new look Baltimore Ravens offense? And is that precisely what they need to kind of get back into the Super Bowl conversation? I, I don't think they're far off. And I think for any fan who sits there and says the Ravens aren't in that conversation, I don't think you're paying attention. Lamar Jackson, you can... Tell me that he needs to throw more. You can tell me he needs to run less or, or flip that script. Either way, all the dude does is win football games. And not only is he winning at such a, a high clip, in fact, um, he takes a starting job over it was week 11, 2018, something. I think that's, I think I have the date right. He's 45 wins over that span. The only other quarterback with a better win percentage in that time frame is Patrick Mahomes. The guy is so damn successful. And I think here's. It's not a need. Like, I think as long as he's out there, no matter what Todd Munkin does with this offense, they're going to win football games because that's what the Ravens have been able to do. I think what's going to be the most telling, telling aspect of what we're going to see from this offense is if Lamar doesn't throw the ball effectively, at this point, I don't think you can blame Todd Munkin. I don't think you can blame anyone who's called plays for him. There's no excuses this year. You mentioned the wide receivers, OBJ. Zay Flowers, Mark Andrews, I'll throw Bateman's name yep, into the Bateman. mix. This is the best core of pass catchers that Lamar Jackson has ever had. If he can't do it right now, then I just go, you know what? Like, that's just not who Lamar is. Like, yeah. we can stop playing this guessing yeah. game and yeah. go, run the dude, let him do his thing, and win a lot of football games. You're right. No more excuses. But I also think that maybe we shouldn't rely too heavily on this can Lamar Jackson get back to his MVP form? His MVP year was 2019, 19, I believe. Yep. And in that year, yes, the team went 14-2, and two, an extraordinary regular season record. But they were exposed badly in their first one-and-done playoff game against the Tennessee Titans, and they lost something like 29-12. to 12. Now, in that game, Lamar did not exactly acquit himself as well as he would have liked to and of course began after that game the the notion that maybe he can't win the big one a little bit unfair but that mvp form was not a winning recipe somebody earlier today mentioned that they believe this new Todd Munkin, Lamar Jackson-led offense will look a little bit like the Andy Reid, Michael Vick offense. And yet Michael Vatt, too, was not a playoff-winning combination. I can't get over, and it's a testament to Harbaugh, how, how many games, when Lamar doesn't go out there because he's hurt, they're generally still in it. And I don't think there's a ton of teams that can boast that. Look, some teams can. I, I think about what the Niners have been able to accomplish, but... I, we always talk about team identity. The toughest dudes on the football field. Baltimore comes to mind. Steelers certainly come to mind. That's just that in that DNA. I, I, I'd be shocked if Baltimore is not in the postseason this year. For more on the Baltimore Ravens, let's go to our Sherry Burris, who is coming to us from Owings Mills, Maryland. The Ravens believe they set the tone for this upcoming season with the groundwork that they laid starting today at training camp. The fans were certainly impressed. A lot of ooing and awing at great catches and a couple juke moves that we saw out there on the field. But the players also believe this team can be special. Cornerback Marlon Humphrey described the team as, quote, looking good on paper, but they need to prove it this year. But early on, it was the offense who was the star of the show. Quarterback Lamar Jackson told me he believes the workouts he did in Florida with wide receivers Odell Beckham Jr. and Zay Flowers is paying off. Even since the offseason program to now, they were able to build that chemistry. Lamar got to see how his receivers run their routes, and in turn, they get to see how the ball comes out of Lamar's hand. But one of the biggest updates we got from Lamar today was the fact that rookie wide receiver Zay Flowers no longer going by that name, but instead the nickname Joystick because he is just so shifty out there on the field. But Coach Harbaugh giving us an update on running back J.K. Dobbins starting the season on the pup list. He said there is no timeline for his return, but is a very complicated situation. 
This is NFL Total Access, the podcast. Andrew Levy with Mike Yam. Mike, thank you so much for being here today. Let's hear from number eight. No, not Lamar Jackson. We're done talking about the Ravens. Number eight in Gang Green. Aaron Rodgers, formerly number 12, now number eight. I kind of want that jersey. I wish I was a, I wish I was a Jets fan because I think it'd be a cool jersey to have. But apparently Aaron Rodgers has a new contract or will roll out a new contract soon and is ready to rock a new look too. Sauce Gardner famously gave him a rope. One of these rope necklaces, which is dope. I'm not cool enough to, to rock one. I don't think Aaron Rodgers is cool enough to rock one either. But listen to what he says. Guys, he's ready to fully commit to this look, to this young team, and to being the leader of this young team. Aaron Rodgers, the mic is yours. I love sauce. And uh, it's not exactly my style, but I will be repping that more than once. I have a strict uh, gift policy. i got to wear it at least once. Definitely some of it is uh, how much fun I'm, in, I'm having. It's all about the body, how the body feels. The team gave up uh, significant uh, pieces for it just to be a one-year deal. Um, I'm aware of that. I think there was uh, you know, an awareness of that. Uh, now, again, anything can happen with my body or with the success we have this year, but I'm having a blast, so I don't really see this as a one-year and done thing. I think being a 40-year-old starter was a goal, just because that's kind of, uh, that's a big number. And to put yourself in that position means you got to really take care of yourself in the offseason. And so I've adjusted some things with that goal in mind. Obviously, Tom kind of set the standard plan of 45, I think, which is crazy. <laughs> but less crazy when you're starting to get closer to that, because you still love the game and you still want to be there doing it. and. If you take care of yourself the right way, you put yourself in a position to at least entertain that thought. Mike Yam, you are a Jets detractor. It comes with being a Giants fan. But let's see if you can sort of take off that cloak of cynicism for a moment and think objectively about this Jets team. A, are you excited to see them on Hard Knocks? B, who will be the breakout star of the Jets' Hard Knocks season? And C, what's the ceiling for this Jets team? who was, in our words, a quarterback away, a team that now has their quarterback. Yes, very excited about Hard Knocks and to see this team. I can't wait to see that interaction with Rodgers and the wide receivers. There's so much of a negative narrative around Rodgers and how he treats younger wide receivers because of what we think we saw in Green Bay. Cameras are on, mics are hot. Let's roll now. So I, I'm I'm fascinated. By and that. and as we just heard in that in that bite, all of these rumors that Rogers was going to be one and done. No, the man is committing. He's committing to a long term, longer term, let's yeah. say, uh, stint as the the leader of the Jets, and he's committing to being the elder statesman in a group of young men who are inviting him to get in touch with his inner cool in a way that maybe yeah. he hasn't before. Yeah. It's, it, it feels like a different Aaron Rodgers out there, right? Like, it kind of does. Which, which is There's cool. a twinkle in his eye. There's a spring in his step. His release is yeah. as wonderful as ever. It's a reset for him. Damn right it is. And it, so that, that, to me, is exciting. Who's the breakout star? I don't. Everybody's saying Sauce, Sauce Gardner. Is there something? Uh, is there an answer other than Sauce? Look, maybe Sauce Gardner is the answer. If Tom Cruise is the perfect person for the role, then absolutely cast Tom Cruise. Is Sauce Gardner our Tom Cruise? Is he the guy that we're going to see Mission Impossible uh, for? Is is this the guy? I, you know, here's what I'll tell you. I think the the leader in the pack is is Sauce for obvious okay. reasons. But oh yeah, give me some give me some co-stars. You know, look here. Here's what I'll tell you. When I think. There's going to be a guy that we haven't thought about. Right. That's maybe that, not that you're going to mention now, or we, we well, just simply don't I know. Him I, yet. We don't, I don't think we know. Like, <laughs> even um, when I was watching on uh, Lions on Hard Knocks, yes, sir. Um, Rodrigo. Yes. Like, like you, you get. You didn't see it coming. No, you didn't see not. that coming. So I think Sauce is the obvious answer, yeah. but I don't think it's going to be Sauce. I think that nickname has been taken out for a ride more it's than, I don't know, Hollywood. It's too much. Anybody who's ever been to Hollywood knows that's something of a lie. Okay, and then lastly, ceiling. what's the ceiling? What's the ceiling for this Jets team? Is it is it winning the AFC East? Is it getting a home playoff game and maybe winning that home playoff game and then really being two games away from the promised land having a real chance at a return to a super bowl for the first time since what 1968 
I, you know, it's hard for me to say win the division. Yeah. I'm, I'm not there. Like, this is a team that hasn't done that. I, they haven't had success. And I think there's something to be said for learning success, going through some of the aches and pains that come with it. Um, this is still much like we talk about the AFC North. Like, I'm not going to say someone's going to top Cincinnati. I, I can't say that the the, the the Giants or the the Commanders or the Dallas Cowboys are going to top the Eagles. Like, I just, I'm not willing to go there. And therefore, I'm not willing to say that you know, Josh Allen and company aren't going to win that division. Is the ceiling potentially that? No question. I, I'm, I won't go there. I think if it's me, let's not, if I'm a Jets fan, let's not get greedy. Let's just get back to the postseason. Let's win some football games. Let's have Aaron Rodgers be comfortable. I love the fact that he's talking about this not being a one and done. Not that we have like a ton of time. This is a win now roster in a lot of ways. I just, I don't know if I'm ready to make that leap that this team is, is, going to win that division i can't go there yet translation mike yam is hopeful on behalf of jets potential but not quite buying it if you saw his face you'd know what i mean this is nfl total access the podcast andrew levy with mike yam and the last conversation is called top this the top 100 players of 2023 please go to nfl plus subscribe to nfl plus you'll get 10 players at a time we have revealed 100 through 91, then 90 through 81. Today, it's 80 through 71, I believe. And Mike Yam, there are a couple of names on that 80 to 71 list that you revealed earlier this week on NFL Total Access, the broadcast, Tariq Woolen, Garrett Wilson. He's going to throw, it's picked off. Coming the other way is Neal. Down to the 20, the 10, cuts back inside. Touchdown! Seahawks, it's Woolen. Tariq Woolen makes the interception return for the touchdown. Play action, back to throw, looks over the middle, throws one, it is caught by Garrett Wilson at the 35-yard line, makes a man miss at the 30, sprints right to the 20, to the 15, 10, 5, touchdown! Tariq Woolen ranked 76th, Garrett Wilson ranked 74th. Let's start with Tariq Woolen. You called him out the other day. Yeah. We talked about making way too early Hall of Fame predictions. And you said, look, Sauce Gardner is certainly has a very nice start to building a resume that who knows, we wouldn't be surprised one day to look back on and say we knew him when as he gets a gold jacket. But you said you cannot have the conversation about Sauce Gardner without having a conversation about Tariq Woolen. You're bullish on this player. Yeah. Why does he belong in the top 100? Absolute machine and a monster. And I think the upside is there. We're just scratching the surface. This was not a guy that played a ton of corner when he was in college, converted wide receiver. So limited experience, and yet for him in year number one to have that type of success. You can't teach speed. We all have seen how damn fast that guy is out on the football field. And once again, I'm not saying that he's better than Sauce right now. I, I'm not suggesting. I, I do think it's relatively close, though. Um, to me, it... Woolen's awesome, man. I think he is, too. I think there's something more technical about Sauce Gardner, but I think there's yeah. something more intimidating about Tariq Woolen. And in the modern game, intimidation goes a long way in my book. Last word on this goes to you about Garrett Wilson, the other number 17. Aaron Rodgers, next number 17. Sorry, Devontae Adams. Garrett Wilson is a special player. He is the reigning Offensive player of the rookie of the year, offensive rookie of the year, whatever the hell I'm trying to say, I'll get there eventually. Why is he on this list? Why does he deserve to be on this list? Is he too high, too low, or right where he belongs? No, no, no. He, he's he's right where he needs to be. I, I think when we talk about the top 100, the only things that have been a little so far on the reveal surprising to me, and it's something we've we've been debating in the office, Trevor Lawrence needs to be higher. Yeah. And he needs to be higher than Tua, and he needs to be higher than Justin Fields, yeah. in my mind. Yep. Uh, well, let's just let's just put a finer point on that. Trevor Lawrence came in this year's list ranked 96th. Justin Fields is ranked 86th. Tua Tungavailoa ranked 82nd. There is another quarterback who we talked about today. I won't give away the name. Is in the 80 to 71 bracket. Find out who that is and ask yourself: Is he way too low on this list for that list? Go check out NFL Plus. Subscribe to NFL Plus. The benefits of having NFL Plus, certainly once the season begins, are too many to count. Uh, get ahead of the game. Go get NFL Plus right now. 
I want to thank today's very special guest, Mike Yam. Mike Yam, thanks for being here, bud. Oh, you're the best, man. Always, always a pleasure. And I want to invite the listener to join us next time when we go back out to NFL training camps. Basically, we are your VIP pass to training camps. I don't have a VIP pass. Don't ask me for a wristband. But I know people who are out in the field with their eyes and ears on everything you want to see and hear. The rookies that are on the rise. The quarterback wide receiver chemistry experiments that are being worked on as we speak. We will report back on all of it. Teams to watch. Players on the rise. Players running out of gas. We've got it all. That's next time. Till then, ciao for now. NFL Total Access is a production of the NFL in partnership with iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower... 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, Right now, you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union. A savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA.